Hello and welcome to the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson, the podcast designed to give you all the financial advice you'll ever need. This is episode 116, where in a moment we're looking at getting ready for 2023. That's in a second, as I say, but please bear in mind if you have a general financial query, you're in the right place because we have an enormous resource of free advice right here. And you can access it all simply through delving into our back catalogue of shows, because in our programmes to date, we featured loads of stuff, pensions, investing, wills and powers of attorney, and loads more. You name it, we've done it pretty much. And last week, we were reviewing Jeremy Hunt's autumn statement and what it might mean for you. Remember, we can drill down and focus on just about anything forensically. Find the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll get us there. As I say, an enormous resource, all available for free. Find our previous shows after listening to this one and have a binge on what you need. While you're there, if you could rate and review us, for instance, you could tell us what we need to address to help you out and follow the show. And then that way, you'll get that episode when we record it next time. I'm John Ellis, and joining me as always, this star of our show, Phil Anderson. Hi, Phil. Hi, John. How are you today? Good, thank you. Okay, Phil, Christmas almost here. Getting exciting. 2023 hovering in the wings. We mentioned last week in our autumn budget review show, the Chancellor of the Exchequer has officially acknowledged we are now in a recession. There doesn't seem to be much to look forward to in 2023, but you think we can all still have a good year financially? There's certainly no doubt in that times are tougher now, certainly, but they've been for, for a wee while. I mean, we, like I said, we, we've got um, inflation's quite high just now. Interest rates have been going up. So it really has put a squeeze on on people, especially when it comes to, to money matters. But I suppose today's show, it's all about kind of getting ready for, for next year. Try to do all you can so that if there is any like impact on yourself, try to minimise that. Good show today. I'm looking forward to this one because there's, there's so much things to, to kind of speak about and, and go through. But it is, it, it's going to be tough times. But you, you've also got to try and stay positive and look for like the the things that you can do well next year. And hopefully this podcast will, will kind of help our listeners do that. Okay, so where do we start? I'm going to guess, because this is one of your favourite things, and I know it is, and it's one of mine as well. I enjoy every show that we do when we talk about goal setting. So is that where we start? That's it. I, I love goals. I mean, we've done programs on like achieving your financial goals and stuff before. And some of this will duplicate some of the things in the old podcast, but I, I would definitely say one one of the first things to think about for, for next year is to look at your goals for the year. And and I often say, like, try and determine your why. So, like, why do you want something? What motivates you? Like, for different people, that's going to be different things. Like, for me, one of my big motivations is my children. So, um, like, a lot of my goals are, are around them. It might be, like, for me, I, I want to try and take a bit more time off work to spend more time with the kids. I suppose I want to do well financially so that I can take them on holidays. I want to do well financially that I can take them to various play centres and get them, they, they spoil them with, with kind of material things. But for me, a big thing is trying to get more time so that I can spend more time with, with them. But look, looking at people's finances, some of the, the things they might think, right, I want to try and build up an emergency fund. That could be somebody's mm. goal for next year. They, they might think, right, I want to start paying in a pension or maybe look to increase their, their pension payments. It doesn't even have to be monetary things. Somebody might think, right, my goal for 
next month is to to make a will. My goal might be to, to look at setting up a, a power of attorney, organising life insurance. There's so many different things. And a lot of the stuff we speak on the podcast is financial things, but I mean, it, it could also be like stuff you want to achieve next year. I know for me, I've always got fitness goals that I want to, to achieve, relationship goals, I love my holidays. I'm quite open about that. I'm away to Jamaica soon, so I'm looking forward to, to that one. But that's something that I've saved hard for over the, the last wee while, and that's what motivates me. I love thinking, right, I'll try and save like two, £300 a month to, to go into my holiday fund so that I can get away in that. And then I, I make sacrifices to, to get that. Other people are motivated by cars, everybody's got their own motivation. So one of the things that you, you kind of first need to look at is almost like your why, what motivates you, what excites you. That That's one of the things to think about. Okay, it's a good time of year to be doing this as well because everyone, well, most of the time anyway, bounces into the new year and they're full of, you know, I'm going to get fit and I'm I'm going to change jobs and I'm, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. It's just that time where everyone refreshes the page. So I guess making our goals now as we come round to that is a good time. So we're starting by making the goals. One of the big things is is to write them down, isn't it, Phil? I mean, you make your goals sort of physically real. Can you take us through what you do for your own yeah. goal-setting process? I mean, for me personally, I've got three different pin boards with like different photos of things that I want. So on there, I've got like one of my goals in life, I would love to meet Roger Daltrey. I'm a big fan of the Who's. So I've got a photo of him because I would like to meet him. I've got photos of places that I want to go. Again, there's a lot of different things on there. I'd like to run a 10K, so I've got a picture of the, the like a medal for, for doing a 10K. There's a lot of different things, but I, I like, I'm quite a visual person, so I like looking at that. When I look at my goals boards, it really motivates me to think, oh, I want to work hard and achieve what I want to kind of achieve. And I mean, I, I've got goals, I, writing them down. I mean, I think it's been sort of scientifically proven and that if you write down your goals, you're more likely to achieve them. I mean, for me, I, I look at kind of short, medium and long-term goals. And then I mean, my, my main goal at the moment is more working on my health, trying to get a bit fitter. That's one thing, like health as wealth. Again, we, we did a podcast on that with, mm. with a guest probably a year or two ago. Um, I can't exactly remember when we, we did that one. But I, I do think if you write down your goals, it just focuses your mind a bit more. And, and so again, you, you've got to try and think about the things that you want. So you might think, right, I want to have 10 grand in my bank account. It might be that you want to pay off your credit card. But what I like to do is make, make a list of the things that you want. So, so you could write down, I want to have £10,000 in my bank, or it might be, I want to have an emergency fund of £5,000. I want to pay off my credit card by such and such a date. I want to buy such and such type of car. I want it to be a red car, a yellow car. If you're really specific, it focuses your mind to think, right, that's what you really want. If you make a list of that things and write down, right, I want this, I want that. What to then do is write the same list of, Again, but instead of saying I want something, write down I have ten thousand pound in my bank. I am debt free. I drive a such and such car. You, you can write down all that sort of things as if you've already achieved it, and that's a really powerful exercise to do. And it, I, I don't know what it does. It's like it, your brain then becomes more focused at trying to achieve those things, and also it makes you feel good about. The, the sort of stuff as well. 
There's another exercise when it comes to kind of goals that I've shared on previous podcasts as well, but that's a really good one. It's not my idea. It's a, a chap called Larry Winget. He's a, a speaker in, in America, a no-nonsense kind of guy. I, I remember seeing him years and years ago in Edinburgh, and this was something I did at the time, which found really powerful. And what, what his sort of exercise to do is, is get three sheets of paper, write down everything as it is now on the first sheet of paper, and then on the second sheet of paper, write down everything that you would like it to be. And again, this could be, it doesn't have to be financial related things. It can be anything in life. So if, if you write that down on, on the second sheet of paper, so sheet one, everything as it is now. Sheet two, everything is what you would like it to be. And then on sheet three, write down what you're willing to give up to get from sheet one to sheet two, because that's that's the important thing. It's like, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always got. So sometimes you've got to make changes to to get to where you want to be in life. Absolutely. So we've got our goals and, and that usually takes us on to changing our behaviour in some way. Like you say, sometimes you have to, you know, do it differently. So what about financial New Year's resolutions? Do we factor any of those in? Do you know what? New Year's resolutions don't work. What you tend to find is most people have given up on whatever they decide. They, they've often given up on it or by a couple of weeks into the new year. And I think I can't remember what the exact statistics is, but by the end of January, like nearly everybody's given up on whatever their new year resolution was. And what, what you're kind of needing is almost like a total mindset shift. And in that two exercises that, that I mentioned there, if somebody's doing that, that's the sort of thing that kind of helps they reprogram your mind, but they, they're really powerful things to do. And, you know, at this time of year, it's a good time of year to sit down because people, not everyone, but a lot of folk will have a bit more time off work so they can say, right, I'll, I've got time to sit down. I mean, like the time between Christmas and New Year normally is quite boring. I know for mm-hmm. me, I've got my, my Christmas dinner. I'd usually go to maybe my mum's house on Boxing Day and then the 27th, 28th, 29th, there's not a lot happens. So it's a, for me, that's a great opportunity to say, right, I've got spare time. I can spend that watching telly, reading books, but one of the things I've been doing quite a bit of lately is thinking, right, let's look at goal setting for next year, look at budgets. I mean, it's a great time of year to sit down and review your ins and outs. I mean, we, we, from a financial point of view, look at your bank statements, look at what you're paying out, look at things. Do you need this? Do you need that? I mean, like for us, we, we had a subscription to Amazon Music and Spotify. And I'm thinking, why do you need both? And, and we, we could probably save more money because I've got a Spotify subscription and my partner's got one as well. So we're really kind of duplicating things. And I know, I, I think they allow you to almost share a subscription. So as savings that we can make at, at home, it's good to go through your bank and say, right, what direct debits have you got coming off? Is it things that you need it for? I mean, like recently on, on my account, I noticed that there was money coming off a recurring payment to PlayStation. Now, I, I didn't play a PlayStation, but that's my kids that are, are kind of mm-hmm. doing that. I think it was like that there's one was coming off, I think, for FIFA points. And then there was another one coming off for some recurring PlayStation subscription thing. And <laughs> it's like, is that still needed? That, yeah. That's a thing. So it, it's a good time of year just to, to kind of look at your financial position. And I mean, from time to time, another thing that I do as well, I make a list of my assets, a list of my liabilities. A document that we've got that can help. We've got the what I own and where it's kept document. If somebody wants a copy of that document, if they get in touch with us, 
it's something that we've, it's a good resource, but best of all, it's free. So so that's the, the good thing. So if anybody wanted a copy of that, if they drop me an email, my email address, it's phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. It's a free document. Just say you're looking for a, a copy of either the personal finance document or the what I own and where it's kept document. If anybody gets in touch requesting that, we didn't spam you, we didn't add you any mailing lists or anything. We basically send you the, the email if there's anything that you needed help with in the future, we're here to help. But it, it's a, a totally free resource that, that we send out. And another thing that's free as well is you can get a copy of your, your credit report. And that a good, that's a good thing to make sure that everything's correct and that you haven't been the victim of fraud. So that's another thing that I would suggest to people as well. Okay, a couple of things. I'm going to come on to the credit report in a second, but just on that Spotify thing that you're talking about there and, and you know, subscriptions to Amazon Music and all that, you don't need any of these, Phil. I've got a really, really good radio station that I could recommend. <laughs> <laughs> I'll even I'll even send you logon details for a global player and you can get Smooth Radio Scotland there. That's my plug for the week. Great time, great time of year to listen to our back catalogue of podcasts as well, John. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, you mentioned getting a free copy of your credit report to make sure everything's correct and you haven't been the victim of fraud. First of all, where do you source your free copy of your credit report? Yeah, a couple of different places. The one that I use personally is Credit Karma. So that, that's a website. The only downside of that, I get a few emails. They're often like they'll send emails through saying, look, you can apply for this credit card. I suppose where they make their money is through all these like sponsored links and stuff. Mm. I think the one that the advisors in the office recommend people to do is sign up to one called check my file that allows you to i think you get a free trial so it's important with any of these sites the the credit karma one is is free i don't pay in for that but then i hate to suffer some of these salesy type emails trying to get mm. me to take out loans and credit cards and, and the like the check my file one you do have to i think there's a free trial of that for 30 days so you've got to remember and cancel it after that period it's good to go in just check these things I mean, the, the reason you want to check your credit report is to make sure it, it can show things like linked addresses. And I remember there was a client had checked their file and then it had showed an address that they didn't know nothing about. But somebody had like created this and tried to like almost a fake profile saying that they were at that address, mm -hmm. getting mail sent there. So it, it's a good way to check for, for fraud. And the other good thing is your credit report lets you show shows you what you've got, and it's also good to go through. Sometimes the occasional thing isn't on there, so you may have a loan or credit card that maybe only shows on when you've got like Experian and Equifax. There's different credit reference agencies, and not everything shows up on there, but the bulk of the stuff that you have should be on those credit reports. So it's a good time to go through it, one, to see what you've got, but also to, to kind of make sure that everything is correct. Okay. Um, anything else that we should be doing? Yeah, I'd say like a, it's a good time to like coming up to the new year. A good time to review your debts and and like one one goal some folk will have is to try and lower their debts into the new year. One one tip that I would always give people is try not to use credit cards. I know at Christmas time it's easy to put things on credit cards and then the bills come in in January. We we've did shows previously on <laughs> like yeah. clearing Christmas debt. Yeah. That was quite a popular one that we did before. And again, if, if you're going through some of our back catalogues, we've got some really good 
topics that we've we've um, covered, and a lot of them are still very relevant today. But we did a show on clearing Christmas debts. I mean, it's a good time of year to, to review things like your mortgage, review your any loans you've got, credit cards. Credit cards tend to be the highest interest rate, so they're expensive. And I remember once there was even, I think it was one of the bosses at one of the credit card companies had even been saying, oh, you don't want to be <laughs> putting on debts on credit cards. I advise my family not to use them. And not to so use that is, product, yeah. That's a tip. Try not to put stuff on credit cards. If you do... Try and get like the not percent interest ones and try and clear them as quick as you can. Even consider things like a remortgage to clear your credit cards. But you've always got to remember the longer you take a debt over, probably the more interest you'll pay in the long run. So there could be negatives to, to doing that as well. Okay, so try and not use your credit cards and, and try and lower your debts if you have it. Easier said yeah. than done, I suppose, Phil. But Especially just now with, yeah. with inflation being yeah. high, people that's got a mortgage, are, are unless they're on a fixed rate, they're coming off the end of fixed date. They're probably seeing their payments going up. So folk are squeezed more. And it is, it's like, it, it's quite a tough, tough time for many at the minute. Absolutely. So like I say, it's easier said than done that one, but yeah, good one to, to enact if you can. What's next? I'd say this time of year, we're, we're not that far off the end of the tax year. That's on the, the 5th of April. So we've got a few months still to go until the end of the tax year. But one thing that I always encourage people to do is make use of all the various allowances that you've got. So everyone's got an ISA allowance where they can pay money in an ISA and any gains are free of capital gains tax and um, income tax. People have got an inheritance tax allowance. I mean, that you've got to have more assets before you, you fall into that. But things like your inheritance tax allowance, you've got a capital gains tax allowance. If you, you People have got dividend allowances, so if you're getting dividends from shares or if you've got a, a business that you get dividends from, make use of all of those allowances. And that, that's where a financial advisor can come in and they can kind of help with, with that sort of thing. Okay. If you're not entirely happy about doing that by yourself, you can reach out to financial advisors, you say, yeah. should you be doing that anyway, as a matter of course, to see if... If they come up with something that you miss or something that you you know you just don't think about, they're the experts after all, right? Yeah. Do you know what I, I always say to folk? You should really try and sit down with your financial advisor at least annually because everything changes. I mean, in the last <laughs> four months we've had a mini budget and then another yeah. budget. There's been so many changes. So I, I'm a great advocate of saying to people, look, you should really be looking at your financial situation fairly regularly. If you've got a financial advisor, sit down with them, review your goals, look at things like using all these allowances. Financial advisors can also help with things like budgeting. They've got cash flow modeling tools that they can use to say, right, what do you want to achieve? How much do you have to save to, to achieve that? They can review any existing plans that you've got, they can help you with, with goal setting as well. I mean, that's something I, I know when I was advising, I would sit down with folks and say, well, look, how do you want your retirement to look? How do you want the next year to look? How do you want things to be in a couple of years' time? So financial advisors can do all of that sort of things. And that that's one thing a lot of people don't really realise what financial advisors do. And a lot of folk also think that financial advisors, I mean, there are some companies out there that will only deal with people if they've got a certain level of wealth. Good website that I point people to, there's one called unbiased.co.uk. You, you, you might think, right, I want to speak about mortgages, I want to speak about pensions and retirement planning. They, they've actually got filters on that website. You can say, right, this is like the specific thing I want to look at. Or you might think, I just want to look at like holistic 
financial planning. It covers the whole of the UK. You can put in the area that you're in. It'll match you with, with a local kind of advisor that's an, a regulated advisor. So, you know, they do the checks to, to make sure that that company is regulated. Always say to folk, go and do a bit of more due diligence yourself. Look at companies' reviews online. The, the other great thing with that website, Unbiased, is that on there, each advisor says the minimum level of wealth that they deal with. Mm, so okay. some firms will say, look, you've got to have half a million pound before we deal with you. Other firms will have no limits. I know the, the firm that I own, Phil Anderson Financial Services, we always do a free initial review with people because we know that there's not many folk that we sit down with that we can't help in some way or another. So financial advisors, they can check great at this time of year. They can help you with, like, as I say, budgeting, reviewing your existing plans, looking at goal setting, an awful lot of things that they can help with there. Okay, so we've had a look at our allowances, our debts, our credit report. You suggested a review with a financial advisor. I would imagine when we're, we're doing that, they would also take care of what many people consider to be to be morbid, but we've always championed as being vitally important. Tell us more about why that's the case, Phil, as we look at wills and powers of attorney. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean the statistics of people who don't have a will is always quite staggering, and, and powers of attorney is even less, so... If you have a will, it's an important thing to have, but it's also good to make sure that's up to date and that it reflects your your wishes because things change, people's relationships change, their life changes. So it's important, one, to have a will, but also to make sure it's up to date. Powers of attorney are important. That's a document that if something happened to you, so let's say you were in a bad car accident and, and didn't have the capacity to act for yourself, somebody can then take over your, your affairs and these sort of things, you never think about it. You always think, oh, when that happened to me. But again, for a power of attorney, maybe a document that might cost three, four hundred quid to set up, if it's ever needed, it's going to save you a lot then rather than if than bear the consequences of not having one. So I would definitely say, look, look at that. Again, we've done podcasts on both those subjects. We had one called Nay Will, Nay Wise. That's right. And I think we also did one on like the, the basics of powers of attorney mm. as well. So over the festive period, if you've got a bit of time and that's something that interests you, the, those podcasts will give you a bit more knowledge on, on those particular subjects as well. Should we be sticking anything of our goals that we're making in our calendars, Phil, or anything else into our calendars? Definitely. I mean, I, I still use an old paper diary. I'm still a bit old-fashioned. I should really use some of these online ca uh, calendars. But I, a yeah. great tip as well is at this time, I mean, I'm terrible. As I get older, I forget more things. I, I always, That's why I like to write things down so that I mm. don't forget them. But it's good to mark in key dates in your calendar. So one, one key date is the, the 5th of April. That's when the, the tax year ends. So again, like for ICE allowances, you, you'll then have another ICE allowance on the 6th of April when, when the new tax year begins. I, I put in people's birthdays. So I, I think, right, I don't want to forget any important birthdays. It might be that you've made financial wise, you, you maybe got the date if you've got a mortgage, when is that due for, for renewal? I suppose if your mortgage was due for renewal on one date, you really want to be looking at that several months before. A lot of lenders will even let you start looking at your mortgage six months before your, your current deal expires. So you maybe want to put in reminders for things like that, reminders for any other sort of things. It might be that your home insurance, car insurance, if that's coming up, I put dates in. Not only the date that's due to renew, but like I say, you, you want to look at these sort of things mm. several weeks beforehand. You don't want to leave it to the last minute. So I'll, I'll put a note in my diary and say, right, car insurance is due on such and such a date. And then maybe a month before, I mean, you'll often get 
renewal notices in from, from companies. But for any reason, if you've maybe moved address and that goes to an old address and you don't get it, at least you've got that reminding you to, to look into these sort of things as well. Yeah, I was going to just say, I know when our mortgage was coming up for renewal, from a few months out, the lender would start sending us usually paper mail, actually, yeah. as opposed to email, and say, look, it's, it's coming up. If you want to get in touch with us, here's a number, or you can get in touch with us this way or that way or whatever. They they quite often will do that, but I don't suppose they're they're obliged to, are they? Most will write to you to tell you that your payments are going to change. And these days, most lenders will tend to try and offer you some sort of deal mm. to keep your business. But what I would say at the minute is interest rates have gone up quite a bit. And it's good. What a mortgage broker will do if you speak to them is they'll look and say, right, what is your existing lender offering? And how does that compare to what other lenders are offering? The great reason to use a mortgage broker is they've got good knowledge of the market. They can take care of all the paperwork for you and really make it quite a simple process. So again, then these mortgages coming up to the end of their deal, I would always recommend, look, go and speak to a mortgage broker and they can have a look at all the different options that's out there for you. And in a lot of cases just now, they'll recommend sticking with the existing lender but in the bulk of cases, they can take care of all of that for you as well. Mm. Here's one that's important, Phil, especially, well, if you're self-employed. <laughs> Here we go. What's that one? Yeah, I mean, that, that's it. Another key date is the, the 31st of January 2023. That's when any tax returns have got to be in by. And if you're self-employed, you, you've also got the tax has got to be paid by that date as well. So so it's making sure, one, that your tax returns submitted and the tax is paid in, in plenty of time. Hey, I've been there myself on the 31st of January submitting my tax return <laughs> and then the website crashes and you're like, oh, no, it's a try and get stuff like that done done early if, if you have to, to submit a tax return. You're talking about tax returns and self-employed and in my head the music plays... Da, 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 da. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, last of all, this one is is always popular when we mention it. It's a free resource, and you've mentioned it already, but let's just yeah. uh, bring it in again for for keeping important documents together. Tell us, about yeah, that. that's it. We, we've got the what I own and where it's kept document. Again, we've got a whole show actually on that document alone, but it, it's a great tool. It gives you something where you can list assets, liabilities, details of your savings, all your policies. It's a great document to to kind of look at one to see what kind of position you're in financially. But also, if anything happened to you, if someone knows where that document is, mm. they've then got all the information they need. And I would caveat it and say, it's like we've said, like we're in this days of scams and scammers, you want to keep it safe and they let the wrong person get their hands on it. But it's a great document and it's a free thing. If anybody wants it, just drop us an email, phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk and just ask for it. Either put can I get a copy of the personal finance document or it's called the what I own and where it's kept document. And if, if anybody wants that, just get in touch. I'll ping you an email back with it. Um, over the festive period, I might be uh, like nay, checking the emails just quite as much. And then I'm going away to Jamaica, as I say. So I'll try and get that document to, to people as, as quickly as I can as well. You could be lying on that beach in Jamaica and you're going to be pinging emails left. <laughs> and I know. Do you know the thing? Is, like when, when I go away, I mean, it's a great really looking forward to it. It's a kind of once-in-a-lifetime holiday, really. But a lot of folks see me going on holidays quite a bit, and they're like, oh, man, like, that's crazy. But I, I tell you, I work, what, what they don't see is the times. I, I worked all through the night, the other night, and they, they didn't see all the effort that goes in. And, and when I went on earlier about you've got to give things up to get 
sometimes what you want. I mean, what I then give up is like a lot of the time, I, I didn't particularly watch TV very much. I watch my American football or football when it's on. been watching the World Cup lately. So I, I'll sometimes think, right, I'll sacrifice my time sitting watching various programmes to go and better myself, to learn more. I'll, I'll try and like work hard so that I can have these sort of holidays. And it is, it's, it, it's, sometimes you've got to give things up to get to where you, you want to be. I know that you work overnight because quite often I'll ping an email at, at two in the morning once I've got up for my work and you're the <laughs> only guy at two in the morning that's responding. So, <laughs> so, so I know exactly that you're up. Okay, we'll, we'll get on to our, our quote of the week in just a second. But first, let's take a look at how this week's topic has affected Phil's own life in one way or another. Phil, our subject, as you know, is, is getting ready for 2023. So maybe you could tell us what your own focuses or plans or goals are? I know at the moment, I mean, I'm, I'm reviewing a lot of the areas that we've, we've covered in today's podcast. So that's why it's kind of really topical for myself as well. I mean, I, I'm currently reviewing my will. I'm looking at setting up powers of attorney as well. I, I've, I met with a chap last week to kind of get that sorted out. So that's things that I'm, I'm looking at. I, I'm also setting my goals for, for next year. So for me, I've got fitness goals. I've got turnover target in my mind as to what we want to achieve. And again, I'll write that down and I'll have it visible. So I'm always thinking, right, this is what I'm looking to aspire and achieve in the next year. So we've we've got like targets for the business. I've got family goals. Like I said, I want to spend more time with, with the kids. But one thing with myself, I love helping people and whether that be our clients or helping the team that works for me. And I'm often encouraging them to try and think about their goals and what they want to achieve in the year ahead. And you get so many different answers. I mean, we've got one guy who's so motivated by cars. We've got others that just, like, everybody's different. Everybody's got such different goals and and, and what they want to achieve. But I suppose the main thing is you want people to be happy. And that that's it. I, like, I, like I say, I love helping clients. Love helping the, the team here. So I'm always trying to encourage them and have a think about what they want to achieve kind of going forward as well. A quick thing on goals, Phil, and I'll, I'll use turnover as an example. And I'm not expecting you to say, oh, yeah, my goal for next year is boom, turnover. Yeah. I, that, that's not what I'm looking at. But what I'm wondering is, let's just say you set your goal. So it's going to be quite aspirational. It's going to be, you know, quite a hard target to achieve because if not, it's not a goal. Yeah. But what happens if, for whatever reason, you fall just shy of that. Do you do you sit there and say, "Oh no, that's a terrible year. I didn't hit my goal." How, how do you how do you deal with that? Do you know what? Last year, I I wanted my business last year to I, I set a, a goal, a turnover of one point five million for for my business, which was probably quite an ambitious sort of goal. And I remember when the accounts came in, it was something like one point four five, and I was really disappointed. And then I thought about it. I was like. That's been our best year. In, in 11 or 12 years of having my own business, that's been our best year. So it's like I should be celebrating that rather than... So you're aiming high. And okay, if you didn't reach that, it, it took me a bit of time to kind of realise and think, jeepers, we've achieved something brilliant here. And and that's, that's it. And I mean, really, I should be setting profit goals because it's more... It's near about like a business should be about the profit you make. But again, for me, profit's not important because what I want is to help more people. So so that's why the turnover goal for me was more important than actually making a, a bigger profit. But, you know, see, going back, when I first started up my business, my goal was to have enough money each month to keep a roof over our head and feed the kids. 
that, that was my goal. And the sacrifices I made then was that my oldest son has just turned 18. And when he was little, I never really spent a huge amount of time with him. I really sacrificed that to kind of try and help me get where I am now. And I'm reaping the rewards of it financially now, but you kind of get that time back with the kids. And that's why, like my younger kids now, I want to spend more time with them because I realised, look, money is not always the most important thing. Sometimes family is, is such an important thing. And I, I don't know, I suppose the older you get, sometimes the wiser you get. It doesn't always happen <laughs> like that. But it is. It's, I, I, and again, right at the start of the show, we went on about your why. And that's the important thing. And like for me, my why is I love helping people. I love my kids. They're the biggest, one of the biggest motivations for, for me and what I'm doing in life. Yeah, let's do this bit now, Phil. The quote of the week, which is the part of the show where Phil delights us with a quote on the relevant subject topic for the show, because he's always loved and benefited from inspirational quotes throughout his life. So this week, Phil, getting ready for 2023. What have you got on that? Yeah, the quote of the week this week comes from someone called Paolo Colo, I think is how you pronounce it. I'm not exactly 100% sure. The quote of the week this week, when we strive to become better than we are, everything around us becomes better too. And I, I just thought that was quite a good quote. So it was, when we strive to become better than we are, everything around us becomes better too. And I guess if, if you're always learning and improving and becoming a better person, things round about you. There's old, here's another two for one, the old Jim Rowan quote, do not wish that life were easier, wish that you were better. And I suppose if you become better, life probably becomes easier. I guess so. Now, Phil is really keen on trying to help you with your query. So if ever you want to email a question to us, please do. And as always, we can ask them anonymously if you wish. Let's get on to this week's contact details coming up. I'll give it to you after these. Hi, Phil. As I approach my pension years where I can access funds but not necessarily retire, I wonder if there's a way to top up the pot by taking some of the money and investing it in the markets, or is that too risky? I'm not sure I'll have enough otherwise. What else could I do? Okay, next week's show might be a good one for them to listen to because the topic for that is beware raiding your pensions. <laughs> so that, that's one that we're away to. That's the, the topic for next week. But what I would say is, for this one, speak to a financial advisor because they would make a recommendation to you based on your personal circumstances. And th there's going to be plenty of options available, all with different sort of varying levels of risk. So it's good to sit down, speak to a financial advisor. They can look at what risks someone's willing to take, look at things, what's called their capacity for loss. But that, that would be what I would suggest there. But um, yeah, the next podcast that we're, we're doing is on like reading your pensions. And again, it's not always a, a good thing to do. No, a lot of people are having to do it at the minute, but um, that might be a good topic for them to listen to as well. It's about as advisable as reading the sweetie tune. Next <laughs> up, here's one about mortgages. This time it's from Lee in Inverurie who says, Hi, Phil. I'm hoping to work abroad next year in a volunteer capacity as an opportunity to advance my career. I'm wondering if my mortgage lender will allow me to stop payments whilst I'm abroad. Are they obliged to, if I ask, or can they say no? Yeah, there's probably a couple of things here. If you do go away, you've got to notify your lender. Generally, they're not going to like it if the property is left unoccupied. And likewise, if you've got home insurance in place, your home insurance provider is not going to like that either. If you were planning on letting it out, you've got to seek your mortgage lender's 
sort of consent to let if, if that was the case. And if you were letting it out, they may charge a fee for that. They may increase your interest rate slightly. There'll be some kind of conditions in your, like on your mortgage rate regarding that. But coming to the bit about stopping the repayments, this is something that lenders aren't really going to agree to. You, you may have, depending on your mortgage provider and their criteria, you, you could sort of speak to them and request if they would consider any payment holidays. But again, lenders are going to want people to be paying back any debt that they've borrowed. So I, I would say speak to, to your lender, see what they can suggest. If you're honest with them and just take them, look, this is what I'm thinking about doing. And they'll be able to tell you the exact ins and outs of, of what they would. But another option as well is to speak to a mortgage broker. They might have the knowledge of, of that lender's criteria. They might know, can you remortgage? Can you, if you were looking at letting out, is it worth maybe remortgaging on a buy-to-let mortgage? A lot of different options, but it all depends on like what your, your exact plans are as well, I guess. Okay. I would just say as well, before you get in touch with the question, you might want to take a look at our back catalogue because we've covered a lot of topics. You'll be getting that by now. And we may have touched on what you're interested in. I'm John Ellis. Thank you for joining us for episode 116 of the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson. If you feel that you need a helping hand with anything we've been discussing or anything else of a monetary matter, find Phil for finance. Search Phil Anderson Financial Services online or join the Facebook group for the show. Search Personal Finance Community. That's Personal Finance Community on Facebook. Phil's on Twitter and LinkedIn too. Or why not email Phil a question he can answer on a future show. His address is phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. That's phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. Send him your question and Phil could be answering it in an upcoming podcast. And please be assured we won't use your real name if that is what you prefer. Remember, if you found this useful, please rate and recommend us and please follow us on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. Then you'll get us every week with the info you want when you need it. You'll get all the links you need on Phil's social media. Good luck with your money. Phil's doing his best to help make that cash go further. We'll see you next time. And thanks for listening. Thanks, John. Thanks, John.